Hi, I'm Kim Vu. Welcome to Vietnola, the show about being Vietnamese in New Orleans. Vietnola is our window into our Vietnamese community in New Orleans and a bridge to Vietnam. We're a member of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. Xin chào quý vị. Đây là bài Vietnola, chương trình pháp hành về cộng đồng Việt Nam ở New Orleans. Vietnola là một cánh cửa để nhìn vào cộng đồng ở New Orleans và một cảnh nối với quê hương. Vietnola là một số trình diễn trong chương trình pháp hành podcast itsneworleans.com. Today on the show, we'll have a conversation with Tung Lee, who holds a full-time position working with the City of New Orleans as User Adoption spe- Specialist, Information Technology and Innovation, when he's not engaging in his second job as a full-time philanthropist. In addition to working in the City Hall as a key problem solver in their system's operations, Tung also sits on the board of VELA, the Vietnamese American Young Leaders Association in New Orleans, as well as the New Orleans chapter of the Awesome Foundation, and a founding member of Health Camp NOLA, and has been regularly involved with CINO, Social Entrepreneurs of New Orleans. Tung is a relative newcomer to New Orleans, having been born uh, to Vietnamese immigrants and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Since then, he's devoted the majority of his spare time in immersing himself in the philanthropic work, both inside and outside the Vietnamese New Orleanian community through his board positions. As if that weren't enough, Tung also recently completed a fellowship with Loyola's Institute of Politics. You're busy man, Tung. Thanks for stopping by the show. Thanks for having me. One of the reasons I enjoy hosting this show is the opportunity about uh, I have to learn about other Vietnamese immigrant communities. And I'll admit, uh, honestly, I never knew that any of us made it out to Oklahoma. (laughs) Yeah, actually, there's a pretty big group in Tulsa. I would say there's maybe 500 families. Okay. Yeah. Um, Decent amount. From when you were growing up, or was that a gradual development? There was a major um, stronghold, I guess, when uh, when my parents moved there. Mm -hmm. But then um, more and more... Uh, people moved in, you know, in the mid early eighties to mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's the heart of that? Was there a refugee camp there? Was there a church sponsor with heavy sponsorship? I think it was mainly the heavy church sponsorship. Um, maybe the naturalization service had something to do with it. Um, driving a lot of Catholics there, mm-hmm. um, and I believe. Um, there may have been um, specific um, clergymen who brought um, a group of Vietnamese uh, from Fort Chaffee mm-hmm. uh, over to, Tul- to Tulsa. It's It was fairly close to Fort Chaffee, I guess. That's mm-hmm. in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, that refugee camp sort of um, seeded a lot of the, I feel like, the Midwest. And actually a lot of uh, Vietnamese here in New Orleans were also part of that refugee camp. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, and your parents came as refugees, I assume. Mm-hmm. What was that like then with 500 families? Is there a little Vietnam? Is there a little Saigon? Is there, or are you really eating at each other's houses and family and relatives? Or are there lots of restaurants, maybe not in one concentric area? It's actually very di- uh, diffuse in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, I would sort of liken it to parts of the West Bank here, mm-hmm. um, where it's not very concentrated. 
uh, a couple of uh, families sort of try to move in close to each other, mm-hmm. but otherwise um, fairly diffuse. A couple of restaurants here and there, mm-hmm. um, maybe what's, half What's the trade of choice? The trade of choice, it's mainly manufacturing. There's a lot of manufacturing in Tulsa, um, and I feel like the Vietnamese population that I know of um, either worked uh, to build helicopters, which is interesting, um, fishing reels, and maybe um, uh, washing machines. You are like me and other guests of this show of Vietnamese descent who are now making New Orleans home. Mm-hmm. For me, it was a, a big component of that is knowing that there's a Vietnamese community within city limits. Do you share that? What what role do the Vietnamese community have for you in deciding to take a job here? Um, actually, it came before that. Uh, the Vietnamese community here uh, gave me a good um, selling point for my parents mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in choosing a college. Um, I had really narrowed it down to three, um, one being USC. Um, large, also a heavy Vietnamese yeah. community in the um, area. Columbus uh, in uh, what school? Was it? Case Western Reserve in Columbus. Okay. And then uh, Tulane here in New Orleans. Um, considering the uh, pros and cons, uh, Tulane won out and having... Um, a strong Catholic and strong Vietnamese community here uh, really made a difference. And you're Catholic? Yes. Okay. One interesting observation, I I enjoyed actually a lot of the observations you had because they're ones I share. Mm -hmm. You noted that the Vietnamese community in Tulsa is growing, but here it seems to be dwindling. Maybe not dwindling because there does seem to be new immigrants moving here, but it does feel like there's a young population that's leaving. What are your observations? Yeah, there's, um, especially in the wake of um, exodus from Katrina, um, there is a major exodus. I mean, I think there's a, not a lack of opportunity, but um, people don't see the opportunity here. Um, whereas in Tulsa, ever since I've left, I think the growth has just, has just maintained itself. Um, actually Tulsa's really made a big change in the last 10 years that I've been, well, I've been gone more than 10 years, but in the last 10 years, there has been a major revitalization of its uh, downtown. Um, and it, by doing so, it's actually grown its suburbs in a sense. Interesting. Um, and here, that hasn't happened. Uh, the core of the city is still the same, um, and it hasn't grown immensely, and therefore, the suburbs also aren't growing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually... Citywide in general, not just the Vietnamese population. Right, citywide, generally. And so that, I mean, um, yeah, and it it also contributes to... Uh, the Vietnamese who are sort of marginalized in this community and therefore um, feel the pain even sharper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also have an observation of the Vietnamese community here as being primarily in small businesses. You know, and growing up in California, I interface with a lot of 
Vietnamese Americans in the university system or um, in offices, um, in City Hall. I don't see a lot of Vietnamese folks in City Hall. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe one or two in planning. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're in IT. It are we are we at the point where we're where you you're having more born and raised Vietnamese American New Orleanians coming into City Hall working political jobs? I don't see it that much, actually. Um, yeah, there's a couple that I see every once in a while, mm-hmm. um, and they're sort of just moving through and uh, growing on to bigger and better things, in a sense. Like what? Uh, like moving on to um, maybe working at the federal level mm-hmm. or um, people coming in to start businesses. I feel like there's a couple... Uh, there's a number of people that are sort of revitalizing the businesses that were uh, developed in the late seventies and the eighties mm-hmm. um, that may have seen decline in, um, in like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But now um, I don't see like a, uh, the increases that I would expect um, considering the, uh, the comeback that we've had uh, since Katrina. A couple of weeks ago, we had Cindy Nguyen on our show mm-hmm. from Vela, who ran for office. Um, and I know, you know, we all know Senator Cao, who came out of New Orleans East. You're in City Hall. Do you see any interest in Vietnamese folks getting into politics, not just the administrative side? Yeah, there, there's interest, um, but it's not necessarily local interest. Okay. Um, I think uh, there is interest uh, in being able to make change, um, but sometimes that change doesn't uh, equate to um, local changes. And a lot of the time, it's I feel like it's the way um, whatever struggles that person personally had um, growing up here um, are the same struggles that every city has. Um, and every person sort of has in this country. So they're um, often or not, I do feel like uh, we do have a great perspective um, and it doesn't just apply here. Um, yeah. Yourself. Myself. Any, any interest in going into politics? You, you're incredibly busy. You're incredibly involved. You seem to know a lot about what's going on in the city. Personally, as a... A politician, probably not. Um, The uh, fellowship that I went through at uh, Loyola was very insightful. um, And I really connected with the staffers. Um, The staffers uh, that came to speak really um, were doing the same things I'm doing now. Um, Tell us a little more about that fellowship. What what was the impetus to apply and what is the kind of the meat of the intention of that fellowship so that the intention of the fellowship is specifically to um to enable uh there to be a a cohort of um trained political professionals to come out of new orleans um and uh enhance sort of the political sphere uh, within the the local area, and then also to embed Louisianans, New Orleanians, um, 
into uh, larger spheres, whether that that be at the state level or the federal level. Um, within that, I sort of came to it through uh, another f fellowship that I had done before, um, the New Orleans Regional Leadership Initiative out of um, Geno Inc. And it's an economic development sort of um, focus. And from that, um, I, a lot of policy made uh, effects our economic well-being. And, and it's, it's sort of the rise of the tide sort of ideal is that to make change um, for the people that I care about um, in a way that's uh, sustainably effective, uh, policy change needs to happen. And to do that, I have to work the political space. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to understand, you know, how um, the larger business works within uh, the region. So you like being behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Behind the scenes is awesome. Because <laughs> I still get to see what happens and the fruits of my labor. But um, you, you know, don't have to be the, the face. Of yeah, it. I don't have to be the face. There's not I don't have to be a heat shield. I don't have to take all the um, all the ridicule and all the uh, <laughs> criticism. Yeah, criticism exactly. No one's looking at what kind of groceries you're buying. Well, sometimes they do, uh, but still. <laughs> um, your job in City Hall, is it limited to IT or is it pretty much expansive of wherever IT touches? It's expansive. Um, I work in the information uh, enterprise information team. Um, so if you break up our, organ, uh, our department, um, I work at the very uh, edge between uh, business and technology and so um, we have to make sure that whatever data is made through the systems that the other IT um, staff uh, create and maintain um, really is aligned with what departments need and um, helps help them better engage and serve the public. So you're a problem solver in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. The one, you know, I spilled coffee on my keyboard. Everything from that to I don't know the right person to contact in in this office. Something like that? Um, a little a little beyond that. Um, get, get me at the table with the right person. It, it's, I, I do a lot less between people than you would think. I think um, mainly I focus on reframing people's thoughts about uh how they approach um, having the systems they need to solve their problem. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and that might be a problem about, you know, streets or the problem about the street lights. Filing a permit. Yeah, filing a permit, <laughs> My exactly. favorite activity <laughs> in my day job. Exactly. So reframing uh, how someone can file for a permit, that's mm -hmm. actually one of the big projects I worked on recently. So it seems that maybe it's not so surprising then, given your interest, that you are involved in a lot of organizations outside your office. What is your role with Vela? Uh, right now, I'm the board chair. Um, so I'm responsible for all the fiduciary responsibilities. Um, and also, um, I'm sort of trying to bring more locals onto the board 
um, and bring more local investment to. Who who is on the board that you feel like? Was it not primarily locals from the community? No, we have a lot of uh, because of our because our work is so. um, uh, How do I say this? Um, Innovative, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lot of board members from from that leading edge of organizing. So we have uh, members from California who do organizing. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize um, that. Uh, uh, Andre Perry was on our board, um, but he moved to, um, I think, Michigan. And who is Andre Perry? He's a very influential um, and outstanding uh, leader um, in education here. Um, so we do a lot of work um, in reforming education for our youth. Um, uh, and just giving them voice generally. Um, so a lot, yeah, a lot of a lot of those activities um, people have done elsewhere before they've done it here. So that's that's where we draw most of our board from. Um, but we're we're getting to the point where um, uh, the local perspective has changed, and um, I think. Uh, we're mature enough now that um, other um, other people will uh, find interest in being a part of uh, what we're doing. But other people, are you looking at Vietnamese New Orleanians or non-Vietnamese New Orleanians? Yeah, um, just generally. Um, there's a yeah, there's a number of Vietnamese uh, New Orleanians um, that should join our board, and then also um, just generally, yeah, the uh, there's. We, we, we tend to think about um, how there's going to be a big gap, uh, generational gap, here, mm-hmm. um, considering how um, uh, migrations have happened since Katrina, and so um, healing those issues um, will require just you know everyone and anyone interested in that space. Not necessarily just Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyone you want to share on air that you see could be part of that <laughs> discussion? Uh, no, that's all right. Um, when does this come on? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess next week, actually, next week? I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe you should. Okay. Yeah. That'll be off air. <laughs> yeah. That'll be an off air conversation. I mean, I certainly <laughs> agree with you, and I definitely have. Uh, an opinion as to of not as informed as I wish it were, but an opinion as to who I think should be part of or who should at least be familiar with the dialogue of what's going on in New Orleans mm-hmm. East for sure. So it's great to see that there is someone who is a point person in this conversation in the organizations that matter. So Thanks. that's great. And the Awesome Foundation. Tell us about that. Um, so an awesome, the Awesome Foundation is an attempt to. Uh, sort of formalize the peer-to-peer giving um, that has really um, been stifled, in a sense, from our current, uh, for our situation here economically. Um, I've been working with nonprofits for a long time, and um, more often than not, people feel uh, that it's burdensome to apply for f- 
philanthropy. Um, and then you have the burdensome activity of monitoring how well you did, trying to capture impact in paper and tangible forms. It's just, um, it doesn't allow for the nascent sort of doers that um, are growing their roots here uh, in New Orleans. Um, and so what we do is we uh, gather up uh, our own money and every month we um, give it away um, <laughs> based on applications that are just three questions. Who, who is we? All the members of the Austin Foundation? Yes. Okay. Um, New Orleans is special because we actually have um, a grant from the Knight Foundation um, for civic media projects. Hmm. And so through that, we've been able to um, uh, subsidize our gifts. Um, and so we give $1,000 a month. Um, and for a number of those, we've been giving specifically to uh, community or civic media. Interesting. Uh, can you can you tell me what that means, civic media? <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's media produced by people for the people. Um, like so it's like New this. Orleans. Yeah, there exactly. you go. <laughs> um, and we've given to a number of groups. Uh, we tried to be var- be varied for um, a while. Um, there was someone that wanted to start a, uh, a black uh, cinematographer. Black filmmakers group, uh-huh. and then um, we had um, a number of printed um, uh, printed projects, and then video projects. Um, uh, we had a couple of like resource um, websites, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they're all made by the people that um, they're serving. Uh-huh. So it's great. Okay, so it's like if Vela made something about Vela, or if, I mean, obviously not because you're on the board of that, but like if. Yeah, another, no, totally. Right? Um, if it's, yeah, if we, uh, I've actually had um, our Vela staff uh, tr- apply for a couple, you know, but it's it's a group of 20 of us, or sh- sometimes it's 20 of us. Um, so, um, you know, the, uh, the everyone gets to um, make an input on who we choose. Right. So it's not really like professional journalists you're looking for. You're looking for people who are living and working in the communities yep. that they're covering. Right. Interesting. Someone uh, someone that $1,000 would make a big difference for. Uh-huh. It, a make or break to a project. Like yeah. Cool. Let's talk about your... We see a very strong connection between you and the Vietnamese American community. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you went to Vietnam? I know you went hiking at some point during the anniversary of Dien Bien Phu. And, yeah. and what is your relationship with either your family or friends in Vietnam? Um, so I went back in 2004, which was the anniversary. Um, and that was my only time. Um, I'm not, I don't have very strong ties. Um, my family there is distant, um, and I got to meet them, which is great. Distant uh, by blood or distant emotionally? And distant. To, the fam- to your parents? Yeah, um, emotionally, um, sort of 
I guess maybe with um, all the attention hoggers um, we have in our modern uh, first world life here, um, that hasn't made its way to my family there. Um, and as the days move on, um, I have less and less family, considering um, my parents were the youngest of their families, which were large families as well. So, um, yeah, my, my connections directly to um, individuals in, in, in Vietnam are s- slowly dwindling. Did you, did you feel any inclination to get involved with organizations there and nonprofits or they call them NGOs, non-governmental organizations there? No, I haven't. Um, I haven't connected in that way. Um, and it's interesting. It's really personal connections that I have that really bring me into work that I do, I suppose. Um, and yeah, no, no personal connections have brought me to that yet. Any interest in, in I mean, that was 10 years ago. No interest in visiting again? I think I would. Um, I feel like I'm a little busy right now, but I really should make time for it. It's. I mean, it sounds like you're very engaged in being a Vietnamese American. Yeah. And um, that's plenty. Yeah. And I think maybe right now um, there's enough for me to do and change here that I haven't um, reached for more or um, reflected on uh, where to go. So I think that would be another reason why I would go back um, is to reflect and find my roots or find um, find out where I should be going, you know. Cool. Uh, do you want to share anything going on with any of the organizations you're working with in the future? Hmm. I don't think I answered this question because there's I'm, so much going on. Yeah. And there's, um, I think right now I'm, uh, really, um, uh, tied up in a lot of this resiliency work. And so understanding, um, I think a lot of uh, the mainstream media is starting to connect with this sort of, um, some people call it the overview effect. Um, uh, So since we've been in space, we've seen our Earth as one small um, entity and that we're all part of it and we're all interconnected. and so the, um, I think the American mainstream is starting to uh, f- find some connection with um, a lot, w- a lot of what people might consider um, Eastern ideas, mm-hmm. um, and kind of mix them up. Yeah, yeah. Like people really have this really common assumption that. If you're Buddhist, you practice yoga. Right. That, uh, yeah. yeah. That didn't. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. No. Um, but that shouldn't stop you from wanting to promote stuff that your organizations are involved in, and just let people know. Yeah. Exactly. So is there is there anything? Um. No. I'm, uh, one great new thing that we're working on at Vela 
um, is actually re uh, we're, we're working with the um, I guess it's the national parks um, to um, make that uh, bayou behind um, on you know when when you come into New Orleans East that that shopping center in Alci Forte the um, there's like that bayou there's that's just sort of unusable by the um, by the neighborhood uh-huh um, and so uh, we're working with uh, the national parks to put in um, you know walkways and oh, ways to actually use that waterway fantastic because um, it's a great resource yeah and it's a community that actually really enjoys walking and walking paths yeah and enjoying the nature that they live in that's that's something for all of us to look forward to <laughs> yes so thank you so much for coming on the show today no problem and thanks for listening to Vietnola with a special thanks to our guest Tung Lee that's all for now hope to hear you next week our show is produced by Kim Vu Tom Lasher and Grant Morris our technical director is Chris Kehoe our theme song was composed by Taylor Smith and performed by the Swamp Lilies the fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sounding products, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Air Studio monitors, and much more. Visit www.presonus.com for more information. You can follow us on Twitter at It's New Orleans. You can like us on Facebook, we're at It's New Orleans. And you can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher. You can listen to our other Vietnola shows on our website, itsneworleans.com, as well as our other shows, Happy Hour, Out to Lunch, Mindset, True to the Game, and Midnight Menu Plus One. Keep up with all kinds of fun happenings here at Vietnola by getting on our mailing list. Sign up on our website, itsneworleans.com. Vietnola was recorded today in the lovely city of New Orleans. If you'd like to be a guest on Vietnola, we'd love to have you. Drop us a line. You'll find all the information you need on our website. Vietnola is produced by INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For everyone here at Vietnola, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you back here next week for our next episode of Vietnola. Until then, I'm Kim Vu. Bye-bye. Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees.